You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 90 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the wonderful and talented photographer, Gina Militia. <laughs> I'm glad you put photographer on the end there. <laughs> How you going, Val? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm great, I'm great. Wrecked, awesome. but great. Tired, but all good. Why are you tired? Oh, it's been a big week. <laughs> Oh, really? Yes, a lot going on. So, but all good. All right. All good. Shall shall we go straight into this week's podcast? Yeah, I think we should because we've both got to jump into the car in uh, shortly, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, this week's topic is common mistakes photographers make and how to overcome them. Uh But before we get on to that, we have uh, a couple of links we want to share with you. Is that right, Gina? Yeah, well, um, first of all, I want to talk about uh, where I'm, um, what I've been doing, Val, what I've been planning. Oh, yes, yes. It's all very so exciting, exciting, isn't it? So I'm, I'm totally jealous. Totally crazy, totally crazy. It so, is a bit crazy. Um, heading on a trip mm. uh, uh, overseas. Yes. Uh, but basically, it's Australia via Auckland, then to uh Buenos Aires and then down to uh, Colombia to a place called Catahina. Oh. Uh, the G is pronounced with a H. Does that mean that I'm my name is going to be Hina? Hina. Oh, maybe. Hina. Yeah, Hina. Um, and so uh, and then uh, from Colombia. Yes. <laughs> I go to Iceland. Goodness me, Iceland. Yes, that's. Uh, that, I don't even know how far that is from Colombia. It's probably the most extremes I could do in the world, really. Yeah, right. So, so this is going to be uh, epic. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm very excited. I uh, Shooting, we'll be doing some uh, finishing touches on the um, how to get off auto course that we're working on. Yes. And, um, and uh, some uh, tutorials for the goal community so and hopefully we'll get a couple of podcasts from both uh, countries which we haven't even discussed yet uh, very uh, exciting it, yes so um, and so I've been uh, looking at uh, solutions to uh, traveling and file storage and I want to yeah. try and travel light I've been investigating the uh, new iPad pro oh. and uh, I've been looking at new sort of uh, ways to transfer files uh, onto the iPad and if it's at all doable I'm thinking of getting one and going right. down because yeah yeah, it's uh, kind of going to be the new way of shooting uh, over the next few years, I think, for a lot of us as we get more mobile, uh, mm. iPads get better, uh, the resolution on the screens on the new iPad Pro is uh, 
unbelievable. It's so beautiful. And you can't tell in an ad because you can't see the difference on, on different computers. So I'm yes. looking at that. I'm looking at um, upgrading the head on my tripod to a geared head, which will be smaller and a oh. little bit lighter. Uh, and uh, and then I've got to go and get myself some um, some warm, uh, warm gear and boots. So news at genomilitia.com. I'm serious. Those from the Northern Hemisphere, those that have travelled to cold climates, um, hit me up with some info because I'm completely clueless oh when it comes God. to working in those sorts of extremes. So I'll have a car, I'll be driving around Iceland uh, and shooting, but really uh, I'm a bit out of my depth. It'll be yes, an adventure. Uh, Gina do- often doesn't dress appropriately for cold weather, <laughs> no. I believe, because, I mean, even though she lives in Melbourne, which to me is really, really cold because I live in Sydney, uh, we go out and... And, you know, I, I sometimes wonder how in the world she hasn't got pneumonia and mm. it's a little bit insane. So I, if you do that in Melbourne and you dress like that when you're in Iceland, mm. I don't think that it's going to be a good idea. Do you so, know what? I know. Go. I need to really think think it through. Sorry, Val. Uh, I, Have I you got need thermals? to. I'm go, I've got thermals. I've got to get like layers though, and yes, uh, layers. and those gloves that still let you use your uh, iPhone and iPad. You know, they've oh. got the little touch screen. Oh. But the thing that's really interesting that I love about Iceland is uh, they've got this dating app there for yeah. the people who live there because there's only like three hundred thousand people live on the uh, on the island there, uh-huh. Iceland, and mm. uh, they originally from Vikings yes. who uh, brought over their wives who were all Irish women, okay? And then they stay there and then they sort of uh, breed amongst themselves. But, but okay. there's, an app, there's an app, there's a dating app where you can check if you're how far, uh, if you're related to the person that you like just in case it's... You know, like a second or a... It's oh. per- yeah, so you check first and then you, you know... You can date them. Oh. That's <laughs> that unusual. Yes. Oh. Okay. That's – I don't but know what excited. to say to that. It's, it's such an um, amazing, like, epic country. And, uh, you as can use Columbia, the dating app because you're not going to be related to anyone. So you'll be like, I mean, you know, a handsome Viking pal. A handsome Viking, which would be very, very exciting. If he was a handsome Viking who happened to work in the military. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What is oh God. with this military thing? I don't, it's just that thing that they're men. I know, you know? I know. That's... So, Gina's serious and I'm serious as well. Give her tips about the cold weather and how to look after herself in the cold weather because she needs the advice. So, yeah. news at ginamilitia.com, okay? Give her some proper advice and make sure it gets through to her that she needs to keep warm. And if you are an iPad user when you travel and you're uploading photos and uh, you have any uh, tips or suggestions, I'm seriously uh, looking into that. If you've got pros, cons, if you're very happy with using the iPad as you're uh, out and about and uh, storing your files and you have uh, better sort of backup solutions, let me know. I'm, I'm really keen to hear because I'm thinking that, that that's probably the way to go. You can't get away with anything on, on planes anymore, Val, and mm. the, the um, iMac uh, uh, MacBook Pro mm. with the with the with the charger and and everything. It's probably around three and a half to four kilos. Mm, mm, mm. Your iPad around seven hundred grams. 
That's right. It's a bit, that's another lens that I can yeah, take. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly so right. So it's kind of all that stuff is uh, really worth considering. And, uh, yeah, the, the airlines don't let you get away with anything. So um, as I was uh, researching all of the iPad and backup and storage, I came across a really interesting article by a guy called Craig uh, Huckenbear. Mm-hmm. And um, he talks about what's happening with uh, uh, screen and uh, resolution and the way we're going to be doing things in the future. And he talks mm-hmm. about how uh, with Apple, with their new uh, iPad Pro, the uh, the LCD panel on it is just incredible and it's just like it sees more colours. So right. it's far more beautiful. And um, he's saying that, that like the standard in which we all, all our screens are at the moment and this is how we upload our images to websites so that they kind of look um, universal. And I've, uh, I've sort of um, – we've talked about this before. When you're uploading images just for web viewing, mm-hmm. then you should use the color profile sRGB. And this is something I've talked about in my newsletter and mm-hmm. we might have touched on it in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So that they all – that they kind of all look the same and you've got the same sort of range of colors that you can see. Um, yeah. But in the future, all the uh, displays are going to be able to display more ranges of colour. And so it's something that you might want to be thinking about, like as you're processing your files, if you're thinking um, that you're just going to be uploading them to web, you might want to be backing them up with uh, like an extra set with a wider profile. So. As these uh, as these new screens are coming in, rather than have to go back and redo your whole uh, mm. uh, backlog of shots, you already have this set uh, of image with the, the wider colour profile, so they're going to look unreal on all the new screens. And the other really exciting thing is that like iPad and their um, uh, iPhones are now going to be able to uh, process raw files, mm. which wasn't be- being able to do before. So like that makes makes me think that like in the future rather than having to come back and back up to a desktop or to an iPad we can yes. do it you know we, or, or to a laptop we can do it all on the field process you know download uh, wirelessly straight to our iPad process it on the spot it's only going to get better and better it's so exciting Val that is so wow it's really 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 exciting stuff so I put a link uh, to that article uh, in the show notes I, I think it's a really good read it's very geeky Geeky, Val. It is quite geeky. I'm looking it's at it geeky. now. <laughs> I know you're surprised, aren't you, that I'd be into it? Yeah, yes. I was just uh, really excited to uh, to to see all of that. And it's basically that the uh, the movie industry uh, having uh, a big impact on how screens are being created and made because now we're not viewing uh, movies and uh, things like that on our TVs or at the cinema. We're viewing them on our portable devices. So mm. there's a real push to make these portable devices uh, as sexy as possible in terms of how you uh, how they uh, render colours and detail. So that's where it's all heading. It, it is. It's exciting. Yeah, wonderful. S- sorry to geek out there, guys. No, that's good. <laughs> we will put the link in the show notes, um, which you can find at GinaMilitia.com. That's M-I-L-I-C-I-A. 
Now, we have some shout-outs, don't we? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. First to Natalie Finney, who has taken a series of shots, which we'll also put in the show notes so that you can have a look, um, for those of you who want to ha- have a look. And Natalie has said, thought I would share a few of the shots I got from shooting my first event last week, which was a charity gala evening with 500 over guests. It was the craziest, most manic experience I've had so far. And my hat goes off to all you event photographers who are doing this on a weekly basis. I think I might have permanent scars. <laughs> but it was an excellent experience. Thank you, Gina, and the group who got behind me and gave me that little push to jump in head first. Now, yes. this series of shots is fantastic. Yeah, she's done an awesome job. So Natalie's uh, a member of our goal community and uh, we've been sort of uh, workshopping this stuff with her and talking about um, what modifiers to use and how she's going to go about the whole thing and um, uh, getting uh, model mm. releases, all the whole thing. She's workshopped it all through. She's gone away. She's done all her homework and she's come back and I reckon she's uh, totally nailed it. Nailed the, it. The, the stuff that she's done in front of the uh, the brag walls, which are the yes. where the clients have all their logos up, uh, the gr- gr- beautifully lit. They look fantastic. Beautiful. She should be really happy with them. There was a lovely little detail that I saw where she's captured like the fairy lights and the real feel of the place. Nice little detail to get there, uh, Natalie. And then there's a really fantastic hero shot uh, there of uh, one of the ladies at the event, which uh, just looks fantastic as well. So I think you should be really, really proud of yourself, Absolutely. Natalie. You've done a great job. I'm interested job. to know whether you're going to, whether you're planning to do do more event photography because you've certainly got a knack for it and yep. all in all of the images everyone looks really relaxed and really yes. natural and yep. of course really happy I expect them to be happy but you know when people get in front of a camera sometimes they can feel a bit stilted but but Natalie's obviously managed to make them feel comfortable and direct them in such a way that not only do they feel comfortable they are really well arranged in the shots so I can't believe this is your first experience because this is the work of a pro. Fantastic, Natalie. It does. It looks like something you'd see in a magazine. And, of course, um, shooting events is really a great sort of uh, entry point into getting other gigs because you're there and you're able to network in the best possible way. People see you working Mm. and they see how you relate. And so it's a a really uh, good opportunity to get yourself out there. So, um, yeah, well done. And, of course, Gina mentioned that Natalie's in our gold community at GinaMilitia.com and that of course is an awesome community of uh, members and it's a great place where you get regular monthly tutorials um, several tutorials per month in fact as well as the opportunity to ask advice from not only everyone in the community who are all fantastic photographers and and very very encouraging but also of Gina she's in there all the time and you also get a chance to do a monthly live mastermind with Gina which um, is done online uh, but where you can get all of your questions answered plus also get your photos critiqued and a lot of people get a lot of feedback from um, uploading their photos into the online community and Gina critiques their photos but there's also lots of talk about you know the business of photography as well as um, how to position yourself as a photographer as well as the technical side of things so if you're interested in that you can find out more at GinaMilitia.com and click on join the community and you better go there quick because we're getting 
to a like really nice critical mass and we're actually going to close off the community close off um the the gates for a little while um while we while we get used to the the mass that are in there at the moment so only a few more weeks and then we're actually going to close the community or close entrance to the community for a little while so get in there very very soon now let's move on to some shout outs to people who have left us some awesome reviews on itunes uh-huh. thank you so much to um stepo 1988 <laughs> from norway yeah um now i'll, Steph- be, I'll be near him soon yeah or, or yeah or her Oh, Steffo, Ste- yeah, Steffo, could be, Steffo, could be, oh, yeah, yeah, like who knows? Steffi Graf, yes, yeah, yeah, okay, Steffo. got it. Yeah. Uh, Steffo has said, great co- podcast with very competent hostesses in a casual educational episodes. Covering topics I find really interesting, the episodes covering the Masters of Photography was excellent. Can't get enough. Very charming ladies and love Gary the dog. How's that? He oh. got it. How's that? I'm jealous. <laughs> what about Rex the cat? Well, Rex doesn't make the cameos that uh, Gary does, really. Oh, he tries. Has he had a meow on air live? Yes, I'm sure he has. But anyway, thank you so much, Steffo1988. We really, really appreciate it. Very cool. Yes. And also a shout-out to Daniela Moan from the US who has said, whether you are a novice or experienced photographer, you will learn something new or clarify some techniques from this on-point, informative and easy-to-understand podcast. Gina is very generous with her knowledge and Valerie always asks asks the questions that we would want to ask Gina. <laughs> Adding to that, the friendship that these ladies share is beautiful. We are privileged to be welcomed weekly into it. By the way, you are both responsible for the weird <laughs> looks I get from the subway riders when I burst out laughing at one of your comments. <laughs> this podcast is the highlight of my week. Thank you from Daniela. Oh, Thank that's you so lovely. much, Daniela. That's so cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Really appreciate it. You've made our day. And if you do have 30 seconds to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. So, um, yeah, head on over and, uh, and um, we'd love to hear what you think. So let's move on now to this week's topic. Common mistakes photographers make and how to overcome them. Now, I am scared that I'm going to, you know, I make all of these mistakes quite possibly. So, <laughs> I'll probably be sitting here going, yeah, nodding my head going, oh, my God, that's me. Oh, my God, that's me. Probably for every single one of them. So, <laughs> and where, that's where do we fine start? Now. Yeah, so we all make these mistakes. So it's not just uh, certain photographers. Everyone is guilty uh, of all of these mistakes and I know I've uh, made them all and uh, can sometimes uh, slip. Uh, if you slip into autopilot and you're not sort of on the ball, you can ma- easily make these mistakes. And I'm not sort of really talking about technical errors in this show, Val. It's more about uh, the way you view photography and how you uh, create your shots that I really want to go go into and they're mm-hmm. sort of so easily fixed and the impact that uh, addressing these uh, uh, mistakes can make on your shots is like can just change everything game changes so mm. um, let's let's get into it shall we yeah go on let's let's do All that right. so the first one that I see on a regular basis is a shooting style that is just 
too loose. So uh, by that I mean it's like it's not the setting up the shot isn't really well thought out. It's just a matter of like there's the scene. I'm going to photograph what I see before me. And so mm. if you're a street photographer and you just look, or even if you're documenting stuff, there's things that you can do by just the uh, the way that you're um, setting up your shot that it, it doesn't need to be exactly what's there. So you really need to think about what you're including in the shot and mm. uh, where you're positioning yourself and just to so that the, the, the image isn't just full of of uh, of empty space and uh, it kind of looks like uh, a mm. snapshot, and that's the difference between really a uh, a strong image and a snap. A snap is yeah. you can just fire away, and uh, admittedly, you can fluke a good shot that way, where mm. you might just stick your hand out the car door, and as you're going past, and go snap, and you might happen to have everything lined up. Uh, in the right spot and you get a great image. But, you know, with some thought and some planning, mm. you can actually uh, take it to the next level. So it's really about not just before you, uh, that decisive moment, before you press the shutter, just really thinking about uh, what it is that you're trying to say and what it is that you have in, in the frame and uh, either taking uh, a couple of steps closer to your image to fill up the frame or even stepping uh, further back or left or right. Just really think about, well, what's in here? What am I trying to say? And rather than just banging off shots and being like very loose with the style. Yes, yes. Interesting. And I oh, – I pretty much experienced that this week actually because I mean I kind of know that um, so that's good but an interesting side to that is that I had the opportunity this week well maybe a week ago or two weeks ago to provide photos for um, one of the major newspapers here and I thought this was oh my god so exciting oh cool <laughs> oh, yeah, don't awesome. get excited you gotta right. listen to the rest of the story okay <laughs> and um, so I said oh my god yeah okay so I set it up and, you know, so it was to go with the story on people who have um, who have pets in their house. Uh-huh. And, of course, that's totally up my alley. So, of course, I'm going to try to do this. And I said, that's fine. I'm going to do it. And I set it up. I, I thought I had a great shot when I... Um, got it to my computer. I made sure it wasn't too loose. Uh-huh. You know, I cropped it. I'm quite good with the whole cropping thing. Yeah. Um, and but then it came out. The 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 article came out. So I supplied the shot. So it was with a person and the the uh, animal. And you got to remember the thing I forgot. Okay, it's about people who have pets in the house, but the key word really is the pets. The pets are far sexier than the person. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Because they've got character and all of that. And so I opened the article, and there were like six shots, and none of them were mine. I was so sad, oh, Gina. Wow. But I noticed that. Way they had this one thing in common, and my shots didn't. And that was the pet was very much in the foreground. Uh huh. And in my shot, they were kind of next to the person. So right. I should have thought it through much 
much more and realise, well, what's the story is about who's the hero of the image and the hero of the image really should have been the pet and they should have, that the, the pet should have been closer to the camera. Exactly. And yes. make it the hero. Yes. Exactly. So even though it might have been a nice shot, it wasn't the right shot for the brief. But so, you learnt something from it, Val, didn't you? Well, Even yes, out of rejection, there yes. comes uh, knowledge, doesn't <laughs> there? So it's important as you can walk away and you looked at the other shots and you saw what you could do uh, next opportunity to yes. change that so that you will be like the cover shot next time, hopefully. And here I was thinking that, you know, I had done a really good shot. But anyway, it's all right. I'll just I'll, – I'll, I'll get over it. <laughs> You'll be all right. <laughs> all right, what else? So the next thing that I see a lot of, and this is a really common thing, is um, trying to do too much in one image, trying to show too much. So like let's say you're uh, traveling around and you come across an amazing landscape. Mm. Everything's in it. It's epic. So you've got all your step back, you go super wide. So you've got mountains and rivers and grass and sky. And it's just like, you know, everything but the kitchen sink is in that shot. Mm. What happens uh, with that sort of thing With as well as it's so beautiful and you just want to uh, share what you've seen is in doing that, in including too much in the image, you overwhelm the viewer. Yes. Overwhelm the viewer. And so you've got to think about it that in this day and age, we are bombarded with uh, thousands of images every day, whether we want to mm. see them or not. Every time we open our computer, there's banners, there's images, like we're seeing them everywhere. And uh, Facebook const constantly, Instagram, everywhere. And so what is it that when you're um, – what, like, have a think about when you're on, uh, say, you're scrolling through Instagram. Mm. What, what's the thing that makes you go like? What's the thing that sets that shot apart? You know, mm. and it's generally uh, it's that, that stops someone in their tracks. And uh, having everything in the shot is overwhelming, and it's something that, that like psychologists study as well. And it's mm. something that you can even apply to uh, how you share your images up on your website. So, like, the only way I can explain it, Val, is like when I go shopping. Mm. All right. So when I go shopping, if uh, say I'm going to uh, the local, and this is like as a kid when I was going to up up to the local, uh, uh, we call them milk bars here in Australia, and they're probably the equivalent of a. 7-Eleven, a convenience store, but a they would have like uh, yeah, they would have like this uh, little counter which had a glass top, mm. and you could look down, and there would be uh, hundreds of different um, uh, like candies, lollies, lollies. We call them here lollies, mm. candies, so mm, all different candies. kinds: bananas, snakes, uh, uh, little uh, jelly beans, all different kinds, and you could buy them like one each and put them in a bag. And so, mm. but I would go there and I'd be overwhelmed. Oh, I and was, I'd, and I always just got the eucalyptus lollies. You got the same ones. Yeah. Right, but one cent. when you <laughs> <laughs> one cent each. I remember when they were one yeah, cent. in the white, white bag and yeah. like 20 cents would get you so 20. many lollies, 20 <laughs> cents, which 20 cents I don't think buys anything. No. The, 
The problem with giving people too much choice, too many options, is uh, if we get overwhelmed, we tend to get paralysed and can't make a decision. Mm. So when I've got uh, all those different uh, ones to choose from, I find it really hard to make a decision. It's like when you go to a restaurant and the menu is too extensive. Oh, yes. How do you know what to do? But if you go to a restaurant and there's five things to choose from, Mm. it's really easy. You know, you go, that, I'm having that. Mm. You know, straight away. You go straight for the ice cream, you know, with, with... and, and you just know the difference. You know exactly what you want. So the same thing when you're shooting a shot. Find that one thing and, and like, simplify the shot. Don't try and uh, give it all away in one image. Simplify it and have, like, a couple of important elements in that shot that tell your story and don't try and include too many things in the shot. Yeah. Great idea. To stop people from getting overwhelmed. Yes, yes. Is there any situation where it's useful to show all of the stuff? Like, you know, Where's Wally is very popular. I just, like, I can't even look at Where's Wally. (laughs) Okay. Makes my brain hurt. There's too much to look at, so I just go, I don't want to look at. And so think about the psychology of today when you're looking at photos. Um, If if you're going to look at something and it's – like when I get surf uh, websites, Mm. if I come to a website and it's just a jump, there's like too much stuff on there. Yes, that's true. I go, I can't look at this. Yes, But when I come to a, a website and it's simplified and it's just large, beautiful image, simple, clean, Mm. A font, and uh, you 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 want to stay there because it's easy to look at. It's easy on the eyes. It's comfortable, and uh, a photo should be the same experience. Yes. It should be easy to look at and comfortable. And the way the composition works actually gently guides your eye through the frame. You know, yeah, true. and there's ways to do that. Like you can you can train, and we'll talk about this uh, in later points. But you can train the viewer to look exactly where you want them to look uh, just by using. Uh, composition techniques, your uh, choice of depth of field, where you position mm. the person, uh, shadow, light, all can train the eye to exactly and simplify the shot and make it all about that one thing. True, yes. All right, great. All right, so mm-hmm. uh, next up, about images that lack life. They're flat. Right. Uh, and again, this what do is you mean? Uh, well, so uh, many photographers will go. Uh, safe with their photography mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, the the shot will be that there won't be uh, any elements of life in there so it might be that it's uh, uh, evenly uh, exposed all the way through in terms of like there might be the depth of field might be uh, sharp all the way through and sometimes this works uh, I know Ansel Adams when he did his landscapes would have Everything uh, in the frame would be super, super sharp to do his uh, epic uh, landscape shots, which yes. looked fantastic. But then he used other uh, ways to draw the viewer into the areas of the shot that, that he wanted them to look by using uh, light his and shade and the way he toned the image and, and composition to mm. lead the eye through the frame. So mm. uh, if you're going to have an image that's sharp all the way through, you need to be thinking about composition and and uh, use of light to actually help guide the viewer through the shot. So um, bringing uh, elements of life into the shot can include uh, not – 
so when it's flat, I'm talking about, say, you're doing a lifestyle image and, and I've been looking at a lot of uh, um, sort of uh, lifestyle uh, at websites for lifestyle companies and, and mm. consulting with them and seeing their stuff and it's like they might have uh, interiors of homes. Mm. And you look at them and I'm looking at the shots and I'm like, I don't feel like I live there. I don't mm. feel like I can't put myself in that frame. Mm. And there's something about the flatness in, in the way that they're exposed with uh, everything. They're beautiful shots, Val. Don't get yes. me wrong. Yes, But they're clinical. I understand. There's no life in the shot. So mm. everything's perfectly exposed. Angles are all correct. Everything's great, but there's nothing that... So how uh, would you bring a shot that like that to life? life? So uh, with a lifestyle shot, uh, mm. the sort of stuff that I recommend is uh, bringing in some like uh, uh, some uh, rays of sunshine, uh, like dappled light on the floor right. or in the background or on a wall. Suddenly the changes everything. So and uh, on a day like uh, today, it's quite overcast here in Melbourne. If you don't have sun in the shot, you can make it. You know, you can mm. you can bring it in using lighting uh, yep. to change that. The other way you can bring life into that sort of shot is uh, just put a, have a figure in there and it might be that they're not even in focus. They could be walking through the frame. That yep. does two things. It gives scale. So it, it gives a sense of, well, this, this is these how, how, how tall the ceilings are and uh, it also uh, makes it a lot easier for the viewer to connect because once there's a figure in there, it's like easier to make that leap. Well, that could be me in that in that yep. home. I could see myself in there. Um, the other thing, the other. Uh, things that I like to do when I'm uh, shooting images like that is to put something in front of the lens and it might be uh, like uh, I might hold some uh, flowers or twigs and bring them into the front of the frame so they're completely out of focus, can't even tell what they are, Mm. but suddenly it gives that shot depth and mood and a nice vibe. So it's little things like that. So what can you do? What little things can you do to add life to your image? Now, there was some shots I was looking at, um, and I'm sorry, I'm going to forget his name, apologies, but uh, I was uh, critiquing some shots last night from one of the gold members and the whole series of fashion shots, he's fantastic. Mm. And uh, one of the shots he just flicked the side of the dress before he took the shot and this was yes. a quite a heavy detailed dress hadn't he not have done that the, the shot like completely uh, would have lacked life but just that little flick yeah just game changer just brought the whole shot to life and uh, fantastic and I do that Brilliant. with uh, hair in in um, in shots as well I might just uh, mm. waft the the, the uh, a fan a little bit or a bit of cardboard just to give like a flick it's not that 80s BGs uh, <laughs> video clip where you do it with your hair dryer did you do that in the bathroom with the sink did you sing so that your hair was blowing back and 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 Cher would do it. And uh, yeah. do you know if you sing into a fan, you should try this. Yeah. Do you know how that digital sound that Cher has, you know, when she's singing, um, uh-huh. if I believe in love, and yeah. it's got that sound. If yeah. you get like a, a fan and yeah. you sing into the fan, uh-huh. the, 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 the way that the, the, the moving air blows yeah, your it, voice it around, you sound like Cher. Yeah, okay. <laughs> So if you're ever doing karaoke mm-hmm. and you want to belt out a share number, you yeah. just bring a fan up on stage and sing into it. Okay. Thanks for that life tip, Gina.
I know. It's more than just a photography podcast. Yeah, of course. We've said that before. I thought I'd point out to people also that um, a great magazine to look at in terms of their covers is Real Living Magazine. Now, Real Living Magazine is a decor, you know, a home decoration magazine in Australia. Um, so look at the Australian version of Real Living. And uh, home decor magazines often have these traditionally fairly flat covers because it really it's just a picture of a room. But what they've done very, very cleverly is always brought the cover to life. And they do it in, in like the way Gina says, may, either having someone walking through this, this movement or um, someone in it, but they're not the hero. The room is still the hero. Yep. And yep. it's they do it very, very well. And you might think, okay, well, I don't have access to um, an attractive-looking human to put in my shot. Well, sometimes, um, for example, I've seen uh, some glossy magazines, living magazines, um, bring it to life with, like, um, a, a, an animal. Yep. So a regal-looking cat or a, you know, gorgeous-looking dog or something like that. And um, that can bring it to life as well. Exactly. And uh, Russell Thomas was the photographer that I was talking about that did that uh, beautiful thing with the flick of the dress. So I right, just uh, wanted to mention that. Yeah, so uh, that just, so think about ways like look at your shot and uh, really think about is, this, is it alive? How can I add uh, some life to this shot? Okay. All right. Fantastic. So the next, yes. the next one that I see uh, all the time and I've – I've also been guilty of this, is uh, lighting a shot, but it's too clinical. Mm. So the lighting is too clean, too flat, too even, uh, mm. unreal in its look. And uh, this can sort of uh, detract from the image because it, it almost puts a barrier up between you when you, you're doing things that are almost too perfect uh, and, and uh, you can't see those little imperfections or the way that light actually moves uh, in real life, uh, it, it can really detract from your image. So think about when you're looking at your shots, if you are lighting them, um, is my lighting too flat or too clinical looking? And uh, I also see that in um, when people are lighting their shots, they're slightly over lighting. So yeah. it's obvious that the shot has been lit and that also makes uh, shots look clinical. And we were all guilty of this uh, in the 90s and uh, I certainly did a lot of over lighting uh, in my day. Um, and so it's almost a matter of re like really scrutinising your shots and uh, asking yourself the question, can I tell it's lit? Yeah, yeah, sure. Can I tell it's lit? Can I see, you know, are there too many lights? Uh, have I overdone it? Uh, and is it too flat? Because you always want to have a little bit of uh, modelling and or mood in your shot and mm. be that a, 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 a portrait or a, a, a lifestyle shot or a product. Uh, nothing is ever really going to be lit perfectly flat. You know, the and, sun's and, always going to have direction. And by modelling, Gina means, for example, if you're shooting a portrait of someone's face, you don't have lighting that is the same all around. Model it, by modelling, Gina means that, you know, perhaps on one side of the face you have shadows so you can see that the, this person is 3D. So yep. essentially that there's shadows in the right places. Yes. Uh, the next one, Val, is the angle of view. So thinking about what angle you're actually uh, shooting from and mm. uh, changing that up a bit. So uh, 
portraits are a really good example. So uh, a lot of people, when they're shooting their portrait, they actually shoot from above or yep. uh, exactly at eye level. And this, again, kind of t- tends to flatten the image out and, uh, and uh, it, it takes away life from the shot. Something Doing something as simple as dropping your camera lower Yep. Uh, will change how uh, the person that you're photographing looks. It can change everything, and it can also the the where where you're shooting from. Like people can look really heroic, uh, and and be the hero of your shot uh, rather than having it at eye level. And and this can work for products and uh, sometimes interiors as well. So just thinking about mm. where you are positioning yourself, what's your angle of view, and uh, try just getting down lower and see what happens. It really does change everything. That's probably one of the biggest game changers, I think, uh, in in photography is uh, changing your angle of view. Yeah. Okay, great. What else? All right. So, Val, if we run out of time on this, we can do a part B because I've got um, got, uh, quite a lot of stuff that I want to get your input on in terms of common mistakes that photographers are making uh, on their websites uh, and uh, how they're marketing themselves. So, shall we have a part B next week? Well, we probably have time for two more. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then we'll we'll make – so we'll call this part A and we'll go into a part B. How does that sound? Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. So I think we have time for two more. All right. So uh, the next one I want to talk about is uh, sloppy composition. Uh, And again, so this is like not really thinking about um, framing and it's it's, uh, like a step beyond that loose composition where you just like shoot what you see but really carefully thinking about where you're positioning your person in the frame if you're shooting a person or where you're positioning your key elements in the frame Mm. uh, when you're photographing a landscape or a product can change everything about how a shot looks and the thing I see most common in uh, portraits is eyes dead center of the frame. All right. right, so a lot of headroom uh, and uh, and uh, the model is directly in the centre. And I know why right. photographers are doing this and I know why new photographers are doing this because uh, most people have their uh, camera's autofocus system set mm. by default to focus in the middle of the frame. So it makes sense when you're starting out that you know that you have to have your, the eyes in focus, mm. uh, that you will focus uh, and position the eyes dead center of the frame so um, learning how to move your focus point around so that you can move it up higher in the frame and uh, position your head uh, the the head of your model a little bit higher up the frame is going to make a huge difference uh, to Mm. how your shots look but of course sloppy composition is also um, because sometimes it amazes me when I'm on shoots and I'm not the photographer and the photographer is shooting say it could be a room you know, like a, a home decor kind of situation, or it could be a portrait where there's somebody in an interesting environment, but they 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 don't bother rearranging things in the in the environment to make it look yep. nice. And I think yep. all you need to do is move those flowers over there or move that vase over there, and that will be a much more balanced shot. They feel like they need to take the situation that that comes with it kind of comes with the person exactly sort of thing. exactly so sloppy composition is also an element of styling as well isn't it 
Exactly. And just, uh, you know, remembering that just before you fire, that, that you uh, check that your verticals, that if they're supposed to be vertical, are all vertical. Just do one last, uh, you know, line up and then, and then away you go. It's a lot to take in when you're starting out. There are a lot of things to remember, but that's a crucial one because once you start shooting sort of uh, like if, if, you, if your images are slightly out, uh, when you come back in post-production to fix those, you can actually lose a lot of the frame and mm. uh, it can actually ruin shots because you might have to uh, crop through uh, the wrong part of someone's, you know, head and, and, and yes. suddenly you, you lose a lot of your frame. So just uh, taking that extra 10 seconds to check and mm. make sure that your verticals are lined up and your horizontals are lined up before you go bang is, uh, is like, I think, really important. And so, yeah, focus on that and uh, avoid the sloppy composition. Yeah, absolutely. And our final one for part A? The final one is uh, I see that photographers, once they get to a point where they uh, have everything uh, working from them, for them, they stay there. Oh, and so right. They just do formula. They go on autopilot. Oh, my God. I see this a lot and it drives me bonkers and I just – People send me their shots and I go, oh, you were shot by so-and-so, weren't you? Because it's the, they look exactly the same, even the same poses yeah. as, you know, what, what the photographer has done in the past. Yes. Yeah. And we all get busy, but I think trying to um, foist the same style onto everyone that you mm. photograph doesn't – it's like, you know, the one-size-fits-all or the, it's the, the cookie-cutter system of shooting. It's going mm. to work well for, I don't know, half the people that you photograph but it's not not everyone is the same not everyone's the same person and nor should it like everyone should be approached from a, a, a like a clean slate you start fresh and you think about how am I going to light them to suit that particular face how yes. am I going to pose to suit that particular body and what vibe am I going to create to suit that particular personality because you mm. want to have some of their personality coming through and you want to create uh, you make sure that each image is unique and that sort of having that kind of thinking is going to keep you relevant you constantly uh, tweaking how you light and how, how you do post-production how, how you retouch your photos where you position your model and constantly, constantly changing those things uh, is going – you're constantly growing as a photographer. I think if you keep mm. – uh, I think the day uh, an artist says, uh, I'm done, there's yep. nothing more I can learn. Um, yep. Stop Stop working. <laughs> it's yeah, a very, right. very, very dangerous way to be. Yeah, absolutely. Great yeah. advice. Yeah. So, well, yes, that brings us – to the end of part A. We will continue with part B next week. But uh, until next week, what will you be up to, Gina? Uh, so um, I'm. Uh, we're, we're working on a few things. I'm trying to get this course finished, Val, and we're, yep. we're, uh, I've got uh, another thing that I'm – there's stuff. There's like – I've got to jump <laughs> in the car. I can't think. So I'm already packing my bag as we speak now. <laughs> oh so uh, And All then right. planning the trip, obviously. Uh, so please, yes. news at ginamilitia.com. Um, Give me suggestions so I don't get hypothermia. Yeah, and seriously do because she doesn't dress appropriately no, and she doesn't no always idea. listen to me. Well, or actually, I don't know how to give her advice on how to dress for the cold anyway. I'd probably die as well. Yes, so um, looking forward to hearing it. Val, what are you doing? 
Um, I've got a lot of catching up to do because I've actually been a bit sick for the past few days. I've had food poisoning. I know that might be too much information for everyone, but <laughs> it hasn't been. I haven't been a hundred percent. But anyway, so I've been, you know, in bed for a lot of it, watching TV, uh, because that was all I could be. I was all that was all I was capable of doing, and yeah. only a little bit of TV. I was like knocked out for most. Jeez, of it. So, you must have been sick. Oh, very sick. So I have a lot of catching up to do because I lost entire days which had, were all full of stuff oh. that I needed to get done. And um, I'm feeling a bit panicked. But it's all right. I'm on the mend and I'm looking forward to getting back on track. So where do we find you online, Gina? You can find me at uh, ginamilitia.com. So that's G-I-N-A-M-I-L-I-C-I-A. I'm at Gina Militia on Instagram and uh, same at uh, and Twitter as well at Gina Militia. Awesome. I'm Valerie Koo, K-H-O-O on Twitter and Instagram and just search for Valerie Koo on Facebook. It'll, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm the one in Sydney, Australia. And um, uh, we need to talk about hashtag Gina Challenge. So while you're thinking about hashtag Gina challenge, for the newbies who've joined us, first of all, welcome. But also we have a weekly challenge where we pick a theme or topic and you can interpret that theme or topic however you like. And then we upload our uh, um, uh, photos of based on that theme or topic into the Facebook group, which you can find at So You Want To Be A Photographer podcast community. Uh, and it's free to join. So just search for that on Facebook and upload your photo based on this week's theme. So what is hashtag Gina challenge this week, Gina? My way. My way. Okay, yeah, so it's... did it their way. I did it my way, you know. Okay. Like the, yeah. It's okay. I've been very... I shouldn't sing, should I? Because so it's, it's just not. like so flat. It's so bad. So it's hashtag Gina challenge, hashtag my way, and interpret that however you like, and we'd love to see your photos. So until next week, when we continue on with our conversation, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.